Welcome, everyone, to episode 194 of Some Like It, Scott. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Shelton, and on this week's episode, we go to infinity and beyond with a review of the latest Pixar animated outfit in the Toy Story franchise, Lightyear. Before we get to that, with me, as always, I have my co-host, Scott Harvey. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Scott. We took a little bit of a week off there. Uh, yeah. I believe you were out of town. Um, as as ha- Celebrated so my happens. fifth reunion. Yeah. Wow, how about that? Um, I don't even think I received any correspondence about celebrating. Mine, is your but... is yours in the fall or is it in the summer usually? Oh, that's true. I guess it probably would be in the fall. Um, so yeah. maybe I'll get something in the fall. It might actually be more doable for me to go uh, since you'll be so close. I will be living living closer. Yeah, much closer to Greenville now. But yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. Is this we're coming up up on my last week of work here? Um, Woo! And. You're retired. Yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah. Then I'm I'm moving to Florida and uh, never looking back. But uh, no, I am, you know, excited. But it's it's a bittersweet moment, obviously, uh, the last week. So going to uh, enjoy the last moments there at, at my current job and then uh, sure. start packing and cleaning and doing all of that good stuff that nobody enjoys doing, but that has to be done. Hate it. Absolutely hate packing. Yeah. Well, hopefully... We'll do it, and I won't have to do it again for a while. That that's the uh, that's the goal. I'm not trying to be doing this every year and a half. Certainly, um, yeah. my goal is to live in my current apartment for four years. So you know, three more years to go. Hopefully, you've got a four year plan. You're like a presidential candidate. Better than some presidential candidates. I don't think they have a four year plan most of the time. Yeah, they have a nine 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 plan. Shout out Herman Cain. Oh man, that's a throwback right there. Was that 2008? 2008. Two thousand eight, yeah. Christ, that was uh, what a time to be alive. Quoting Pokemon in your uh, your concession speech was an era of politics that I personally hope we never return to. But honestly, you you might even be able to say we've devolved since then. I was gonna say I don't know. I, I might prefer that to some of the some of the partisan the, the other of like sources that partisanship have been of today. Quoted. Yeah. Would you for QAnon or Herman Cain? I guess Scott. That's the real question. These are the questions that people come to hear us debate on something yeah, like it's got every absolutely. week. Absolutely. Uh, sound off in the comments, QAnon or Herman Cain. Yeah. There, I mean, yeah. I mean, look, all, all I'll say is that uh, the time of Herman Cain in politics uh, featured an actor who was in this movie uh, on SNL. That, that's the only connection I have to Lightyear that I can come up with off the top of my head. Wow. I mean, that's a, that's a deep pull. So it's not even Bill Hader is in this movie and I'm pretty sure he was in the SNL yeah, I mean, cast yeah, at this time. That is, that is true. Yeah. That, yeah. Not that deep of a pull, but yeah, I mean, fair enough. Yeah. I have Bill Hader on the mind too, because I just finished season four of Barry season three, season three of Barry. Um, good stuff. But that is not the topic of our discussion today. Instead, it's a different Bill Hader project. Obviously, uh, Lightyear is going to be synonymous with Bill Hader's name forever. Um, but yeah, like I mentioned, this focus of this week's episode is the movie that Andy saw when he was a child in 1995 that inspired him to ask for a Buzz Lightyear tour for his birthday or something like that. I don't know. That's Lightyear. Directed by Angus McLean in his animated feature-length debut, the film serves as an origin story for that titular Buzz Lightyear, voiced in this outing by OG MCU Captain America himself, Chris Evans, rather than, I think it's safe to say iconic, uh, Tim Allen. But anyway, Evans Buzz is a first is first seen in this film as a space ranger in the service of Star Command, exploring a potentially habitable planet in deep space with his commanding officer and best friend Alicia Hawthorne, played by Uzo Aduba, and new recruit Featheringham Stan, which is Bill Hader, 
Uh, after a nasty interaction with local wildlife, the trio attempt a hasty getaway in their massive exploration vessel, uh, nicknamed the Radish. But the impediments of the local flora and fauna prove too much for the vessel to escape unscathed as Buzz damages the Radish, causing the entire onboard crew to evacuate to conduct repairs and continue their journey. A year goes by as the crew attempts to reformulate hyperspace fuel, and Buzz volunteers to test whether it works. It's a quick but failed four-minute test run, and upon his return, Buzz discovers nearly four years have passed rather than just four minutes. Someone has to keep testing that hyperspace fuel, though, and Buzz's repeated failed test runs rack up a whopping 62 years before his new AI emotional support cat, Socks, voiced by Peter Sohn, cracks the formula for hyperspace fuel. However, after all those years, Buzz's former best friend has now passed away, leaving behind a wife, daughter, and granddaughter named Izzy, played by Kiki Palmer, as well as new commanding officer, Commander Burnside, played by Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who grounds Buzz and stops future test missions. Buzz isn't ready to give up just yet, and he reaches for the sky once again in an unauthorized test, but what he finds when he returns is not quite what he left. Scott, did this sort of return to the Toy Story franchise excite you? Or did this origin story ring hollow with franchise fatigue, vacantly empty of the real juice of the four previous entries in the franchise? I, I want to start with what you started with, which is the sure. fact that this is the movie that Andy saw, right, in yeah. 1995. We say that. Now, from what I understand and from my you know recollection of the whole marketing of this movie... That it was not something that was part of the original marketing. As a matter of fact, uh, again, from what I understand in my rec own recollection, this has only been part of what this movie is in the last few weeks. Um, that they have started saying that this this was actually the movie that that Andy saw. I mean, the marketing's been confusing from the beginning, right? I, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think that they might have like vaguely mentioned something like this from the beginning. But they, they've really been hammering it the last yeah. few weeks. It's been confusing from the beginning, though, again, because, you know, you see Lightyear, you think, oh, you know, this is the Buzz Lightyear origin story, right, of the, the toy that we saw in the Toy Story movies. No, turns out this is the origin story of Buzz Lightyear, the actual the American you know, hero. person, the actual yeah. person that the toy was based off of. Um, well, I don't I think to be fair, I don't think Buzz Lightyear is a real person. It's just like it's. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a movie yeah, character. Yeah, He's a movie yeah, yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like if they made a Maverick toy from Top yeah. Gun Maverick. Sure. But, yeah. Um, anyway, the point is, it's it's not based off of the, the toy per se. It's not the origin story of the toy. It's the origin story of the character of Buzz yes. Lightyear. That the toy is based on the movie. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hope you're all keeping up with Holy this. Holy hell. But, um, <laughs> then, yeah. Th then we get this whole thing about you know this is the movie that Andy saw in 1995 and. Um, you know, it, it became his favorite toy and then uh, I, Toy Story. All I'll toy say is that when the second title card flashed on the screen for this film describing this, I craved death. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, right? Because this movie is was supposed to supposedly came out in 1995, right? But it looks no like 90s. a 2022 movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no 90s references, like no, nothing to put it in the 90s. Um, this is a 2022 movie. The animation looks great. I will say that the animation sure. looks really nice. Yeah, uh, doesn't look like anything that they had in 1995 when well they remastered it. They remastered the very it for us. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. they touched it up. The very 4K, first 4K transfer. Yeah, when the very first Toy Story was released, and it was like yeah. the first fully computer animated film. But 
anyway, I digress. Um, there, then there was also like the, the thing that Disney tweeted of like this picture of Andy in the theater with all the toys watching Lightyear for the first time, right? Which people pointed out is also a huge like Makes plot sense. hole because Woody yeah. doesn't know who Buzz Lightyear is um, at the start yeah. of the first Toy Story, which wouldn't be the case if he was sitting there watching the movie in 1995 uh, before Andy got the toy. So, yeah. It's it's you know it's very clear like to use to paraphrase what you said there that this is just like a franchise dump of a movie like we're just gonna coast off of the character and the Toy Story name um, and that's really all we need. It's a very cynical I think just really conception for the movie um, that they don't really need to put any thought into you know what this movie even is we're just going to put the character up there and people are going to love it because it's Buzz Lightyear. Arguably, um, Scott, they've spent a lot of time thinking about who this character was and not thinking about the right things. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they just, they didn't even, it, it's lazy, really. The end, pro, the end product is lazy, right? It's lazy in the, the conception of the whole thing. And it's also lazy in the execution, right? Like this movie borrows from quite a few other movies. I mean, you mentioned the 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 62-year passage thing that happens the, that whole idea that when he is out here trying to do the hyperspace run time four years are passing yeah. every single time that he is is gone and that is interstellar right i mean that is literally what happens in interstellar um yeah. down to like they try to make this it a, a whole emotional thing right about his relationship with alicia alicia um the you know other ranger that he was friends with um and you know we see time is passing for her but not yeah. for buzz and you know it ends like you said very, yeah very interstellar like, almost searching like vibes from like the opening yeah yeah, yeah. when he opens the door and now she's gone right yeah. it falls flat because we've just seen it before i didn't really care about these characters all that much and this movie does not have the emotion and heart that you would expect from a good Pixar film, right? I mean, that is, um, I think, what takes so many Pixar films to the next level um, is their emotional resonance. This movie is just more of a sci-fi action adventure and not a particularly original or entertaining or engaging one. Um, you know, I think Buzz Lightyear is fine. Like, I think Chris Evans does do a good job as the voice of Buzz Lightyear. Like, I don't have any problems with what he brings to that character and what that character is. I didn't really find any of the other characters that enjoyable. Most of them are there for comic relief, right? And Lord knows there is plenty of supposed comic relief in this movie. Um, yeah. I, I would posit that 75 to 80% of the dialogue in this movie was probably jokes. Every single moment is punctuated by some sort of you know, wisecrack, even when it, even in the rare moment where it is trying to go for something more serious. And Socks, obviously, the robot cat who becomes Buzz's companion is a chief culprit in all this. Like his whole role is just sort of to, to patter around and to make jokes, right? Um, and also to just like, whenever they are in a bind, right? For some reason, Socks just has like, you know, He's a the, droid. The power to, to do or create anything that they need to get them out of the situation that they're in. Like he's a MacGuffin. The character itself is a MacGuffin who also tells jokes. Um, so yeah, yeah, sure. People go crazy by the toy of this character, 
um, that's what Disney wants you to do. So, you know, they're succeeding in that regard because I'm sure there will be a lot of plush socks bought um, as a result of this movie. Although maybe not because it isn't even coming in at number one in the box office. J Jurassic World was able to, to hold the number one spot. So you'd have to say... Um, a modest failure for for Disney and, probably with and Maverick first... is like really close to yeah <laughs> really their first Pixar their first first Pixar film back in theaters right since the pandemic because we, we you know we had Soul on Disney Plus we had Luca we had uh, Turning Red um, yeah. obviously all Disney Plus um, exclusives unless you live in the one theater in Hawaii where our friend Paul lived, where they just put up where Disney they stream Plus Disney on, plus yeah. on the, on the big screen. Um, and he got to watch Luca, but, um, right on, but no, and it's a shame, uh, you know, it's a shame that this is the first one back, right? Because sure. The movie looks good, right? It, it, it looks what you would want a big screen movie to look like. Um, but it's not as good as certainly not as good as soul or Luca. And not as good as Turning Red either, which I wasn't as you know high on as everyone else. We obviously reviewed that on another episode, um, but it's it's in another league from this. It's movie, it's which... the worst Disney animated movie since the pandemic. Yes, I, I would I would agree with that. Easily. Um, well, yes, I, I I didn't care for Raya and the Last Dragon it's either, bad, but though. it's Raya was better than this. Yes, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, it's not a good movie. Um, it's just very generic. Again, it it doesn't have any of the the heart like i'm a toy story fan like i'm a huge toy story fan i love all are. four movies absolutely yeah and, and there was not a single moment in this movie where i like my toy story nostalgia or my love of toy story i felt like was like affected or they like they the, pressed the that 30th time whatever. they said to infinity and beyond and no video. um you know obviously i expected that to happen like it it just this movie is anonymous it it you know it, it if, if it wasn't for Buzz yeah. Lightyear, like, you know, you would never see this as a Pixar film. You would never see this as a Toy Story film. It's just it's a kid's movie. Like, it, you, it really you might see it as a Pixar film because of the animation style. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's it, it is it is more of a kid's movie. And I'm sure kids are going to enjoy it um, because, you know, it's an action movie with a familiar character. But it doesn't have any of the pieces that I like in a Pixar film and that I think are going to appeal to a typical you know audience of of film fans right who can appreciate can typically appreciate pixar films despite them not despite them being you know quote unquote children's movies right i mean again something like soul is barely even a kid's movie we talked about that at the time um so yeah it's it's disappointing to see that this is the one that that disney decides to to send back in theaters um because it's inferior to all those other pixar films and other Disney animated films, like we said. I mean, you know, Raya, Encanto, yeah. everything I just, else. In there. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't really need to add too much more to this. I really did not like this movie. Like, st strongly disliked this film. Um, yeah. Put put a pretty spicy uh, <laughs> letterbox review, I guess, up after this. But I just think, I really just feel like this film is, like, the worst franchise tendency like every worst franchise tendency that Disney has in their arsenal. Like it feels like they're ripping a bunch of other stuff. They're trying to put like, like you said, familiar characters and have these like homages or whatever that it's like, you know, all these like nostalgic Buzz Lightyear rips. And it's also, I mean, they're also drawing from Marvel, right? Like it's, it's like a yeah. guardians of the galaxy style thing down to the fact that they literally have Taika Waititi, right? Like, oh my God. Do, I, I know he's not in guardians of the galaxy, but like he's doing the same 
Well, he's about character. to be. He's going to be in Volume basically, 3, probably. Yeah. He's doing basically the same, you know, character, more or less, that he does in, in Thor yeah, and Korg. in the MCU, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it could have been, it, it was completely interchangeable. Like, it's... The moment again, I heard lazy. his voice, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot believe that Taika Waititi is in this movie. Um, Which probably isn't fair to him. He, like, voice acting-wise, it's fine. It's just like, I'm People not... Have- I'm not I'm not in the mindset for Taika Waititi right now. Yeah. I'm like not 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 vibing with it. Talk about somebody that has really like in the last three four years like has really like hurt himself a lot with the choices you think that so? he's made in his career. Like I do. I mean, maybe not from a popular standpoint, but from a I don't know appreciating him as like sure. a you know important voice and like a big talent in the future of filmmaking. Like. You yeah. know, he he was after Hunt for the Wilder People and um, what we do in the shadows and movies like that. Like he was, you know, tapped as a big thing. And then and Rag- I mean, and Ragnarok, Rabbit. it was a huge success. Sure. Yeah. And then Jojo Rabbit just kind of, you know, wasn't quite what we hoped for. And then, you know, obviously he's, he shows up and stuff like Free Guy. Um, he just like it seems like he's lost the unique edge or whatever that he was bringing to his movies in the first yeah, place i'm but sure maybe he can a ton of money when when things back with love and thunder i hope so i mean i don't know i i know i'm like not in the headspace right now like i'm very anti taika ytt and i can't even really I, I can't even really elaborate too much on why it's just like he annoys me <clears throat> right now um and so every time i hear him or see him in something i'm just like for christ's sake please stop but um that that's really neither here nor there because he's not the biggest issue in in this film i yeah i mean like you said like every like the the interstellar stuff like i know that they didn't copy top gun maverick but like there's so many things in this movie that look like top gun maverick and it sucks like the this film is not good um they don't do any of the things well the spaceships do not go room well enough that's all i'm gonna say um not not enough shots on the beach with the boys for me in this film i think at the end of the day, we just needed like a chris like buzz lightyear six-pack shot on the on the i don't know on the beach of Takano prime or whatever that planet's called i don't know but not not enough of that yeah not enough of that i just yeah i thought that this movie just completely lacked any original and i don't really f- even like feel that typically with like even marvel movies who i think a lot of people say is are like sort of you know just re- like rinse repeat very like boilerplate formulaic type stuff. Like I don't typically feel that as much as I think other people do, but this one just, I mean, it really got to me. Um, it was so boring. I was so bored in this movie. Oh yeah. The, the last 30 minutes, like I had stayed up really late the night before watching the guardians game. And sure. I, so I was tired and I like the dark theater and everything. It was one of the closest I have come ever to falling asleep in a movie like in the last yeah. 30 minutes yeah i mean that's really damning i feel like too it's the last 30 minutes it's not even like the middle of the movie it's the last 30 yeah. um yeah it, i just i found it uh, like a pretty brutal slog to get through i laughed at a few jokes but the hit rate was so low i mean the hit rate is just so low in this film on, on and, and it's just the formula now again this is what they do in marvel movies too like it is just joke after joke after joke and it would be one thing if they were funny it's not funny like sure i'm sure i mean the kids in my theater were laughing sure that that's fine again i I, i'm trying to balance things out a little bit here and understanding that this is more of a kids movie than the last few pixar movies certainly um but you know reviewing it from my own perspective as not a kid 
um, I didn't find the movie funny. Yeah. Really yeah, at I, all. And I, I and I just see this indicative of, again, a, a larger tendency in Disney movies that extends to movies that are not just for kids, right? That extends to Marvel movies as well. Like I've been saying it for the last several Marvel movies, including, you know, Doctor Strange, which we just watched. Yeah, I just I just think that the one like that like one it's boring and part of being that and then also separate from it is just these characters are like not good, like Buzz like you said I agree like Buzz is fine Chris Evans is probably the best performance in terms of voice in the movie for me I just mm-hmm. I did not like a single one of the other characters in this film I didn't dislike them I just like didn't care I just did not care about them yeah um I mean like I, I guess Kiki Palmer's Izzy is like supposed to be like the second most important character in the film. She like shows up like 50 minutes into the movie. <laughs> like, and she's useless. Yeah. She's useless. <laughs> They're all useless. And it's not funny. It's really not funny uh, to me. Like that, that really just didn't work for me. It's like one of those weird things where it's just trying to be goofy. I mean, it's just like they're just trying to, it's just trying to be goofy and make you laugh. But like you like Top Gun Maverick, if you just going back to that reference, because I again I don't think it's again, it's not ripping anything of Top Gun Maverick because that movie just came out as well. But that movie takes its action serious, like it takes its part seriously, and, and that's what I think is so enjoyable and tense and and um, sort of stunning about the movie. But there's like there's none of that in this, um, and I know this this movie is not trying to be something like that, but like it would have been better if it was. And I just I I I was just so weird when I logged on after watching this movie and read all these critical reviews talking about like how tense and charming the film was because it was none of that. I it was neither tense nor charming whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, not not to oversell it though. This movie is not getting rave reviews or anything. Like I've, I've it has seen, an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but I, again, I think this is one of those where Rotten Tomatoes is a little bit misleading because because it's, uh, it's rotten or fresh reviews. It's like two and a half out of four star reviews. You know, it's a positive rating. Yeah, that's half fair. of the critic, half of the critics are like you know Scott Menzel or somebody who's just a Disney, you know, paid by Disney. To Peter Bradshaw got four out of giving four out of five, and I was like, oh my god, what is this? What is this trash? Yeah, oh well, God. critics named Peter are not the best usually, but sorry for all the Peters out there who you know re- review your own movies on my entire Travers. That's what I'm trying to say. Peter, yeah, I know. At Peter Travers, eat it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just could like ramble on for a while. I feel like, but uh, I'll say this much: as much as I saw like reviews like Peter Bradshaw uh, or whatever doing, you know, showing positive signs or whatever. I agree with David Ehrlich. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, David Ehrlich, a lot of the letterbox crowd was like, was not into the movie, which, you know, I, I tend to probably go that way more often as far as critics are concerned anyway. But yeah, it's uh, it's not a good movie, Scott. It's very perfunctory, um, yeah. which I believe I said about a couple Marvel movies last year, which I don't feel that um, the Marvel movies i guess we've only had the one right uh we've only had dr strange but i don't feel that that was that way but that this one took its place i guess i mean that it's it's disappointing i, I mean it is it's disappointing because i wanted to see a good movie but like ultimately i can't say i was too surprised again because of all the issues with like how confusing it was from the beginning like no one was asking for this movie like I, i'm yeah. sorry like literally I love Toy Story. Again, plenty of people out there love Toy Story. I don't think anyone was watching Toy Story and going, but where does Buzz Lightyear come from, right? Or, but, you know, who is the person that this toy was based off of, whatever. Uh They just, this is the thing. Like, they just created a movie out of nothing 
and just slapped a franchise label on it, you know, to so that people would go see it. Like, well, he's a star man, Scott. What can you what can you ask for out there? No, I'm glad it's backfiring in that they're not quite getting the box office returns that they wanted. I'll say that. Not quite. I mean, yeah, this is really bad. Although really, the really movie bad. that they're losing to, uh, you know, <laughs> is also <laughs> not the movie I would prefer them to be losing to, but it's fine. God, Cha-Cha Real Smith I mean, is sh- never going to top the box office. So. Yeah, ra- rather than than leaving the theater on Friday night when I saw this, and you know, you know, rage tweeting about going home and watching, hate watching Obi Wan or something like that. I should have just walked back to the theater and watched Jurassic World and said, and then decided which one was worse. Then really <laughs> hated <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah. Two and a half hours. What a joy. Um, Scott, like what? <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I barely care enough to even say anything else about this movie. Like, I guess we can talk about the sort of twist of the film. Um, we're sort of jumping to the end here. <laughs> Emperors are. Can you imagine a movie in 1995 doing this, Scott? Just going back to that point. Can you imagine a yeah. 1995 movie doing this? Okay. For, before we even get to the twist, Scott, none of this plot makes any sense whatsoever. No. <laughs> can we stop? Like, I genuinely took some time afterwards when I was walking around. Um, the west side of New York, and I was just like, okay, how the hell did he get back in time? He's like, is he from like, he's like from a different timeline? Yeah, and he, yeah. Uh, it's like a multiverse almost. That was my well, first exactly, thought. I was like, they don't say that though. No, they don't. Yeah. Just, that what we're talking about is that Emperor Zerg turns out to be an older version of Buzz, basically an older but also different version of Buzz because his past version, yeah, had he a hasn't ever mission. met. He hasn't met yeah. any of the people that Buzz has, that our current Buzz has met. Yeah, Buzz so again, whatever. that's why I say it's like a multiverse almost, right? Because he's gone down a completely different path. But like, we don't know how, we don't know why, right? Like, what did he do that made him go down this different path that where he never met any of these people? Like, what happened? I assume because it's a different, it's a different timeline, right? It's just yeah, completely... sure. Like, so I, then it's a I multiverse guess, but... movie. Then it's Marvel. Then it makes me want to kill myself. And then like, but just all so we bad. can do is assume, right? Because the movie right. doesn't tell us anything. Um... Yeah. I, again, I want to say like, I, I just find this so much worse than a lot of the Marvel stuff because like, Kevin, I can only assume that Kevin Feige tries a little bit, um, and this movie tried zero at all to like explain anything to you yeah i mean i would have been more upset if i if i had cared about the movie at this point but again sure. like i said i was completely yeah. checked out of the movie at this point uh in, when this happens so. yeah like in the moment it, it didn't bother me but it's just like the more i've had i've like forced myself to think about this afterwards because mainly because of this podcast i'm just like holy hell this is so bad yeah um so this is great yeah but anyway yeah so the twist at the like yeah oh my goodness like there were some ga- there were like a few like light gasps in the in my audience which is a mostly full theater on a friday night and i was just like <laughs> i laughed scott i laughed at how dumb it was um the idea of people gasping and all during this movie is just funny to me that like yeah. you are summoning that much you're bring- you're going that hard for well, it's probably Buzz Lightyear kids movie. or whatever right yeah yeah sure um i mean jesus i can't even um pretty rough. yeah the supporting cast of characters so forgettable could not tell you a single one of their names besides besides the hawthorne grandchild yeah i'm movie. sitting here trying to remember what um nope what i remember taika watiti's name has i, I can't remember i nope. remember ivan but that was the computer system that wasn't even a character that was the autopilot yeah. yeah but that's i only but scott the really reason is the only you only remember that because it's written you see it visually sure. on yeah, the screen yeah. That you Which may to me right just on. felt like a rip of 
of uh, I'm forgetting the name of the robots in uh, in Interstellar. That just felt like another Tars, Interstellar. Tars and Case. Yeah. yeah, Tars and Case. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you could say that's a rip of 2001: A Space Odyssey. Sure. Right? And how Fair that, enough. How yeah. Hundred percent. Like, you know, I I understand that like movies are always going to borrow from other movies, but like the way like the way that it's they the do manner. it with just yeah. with just it's just it's shameless and they don't like yeah. try to put their own spin on it at all it's like we're just gonna yeah. borrow this thing from the other movie and stick it in here and we're not gonna put any sort of of our own passion behind it it's just totally agree you know cut and paste yeah yeah i, to- I totally agree with that assessment i just like it's I, i'm looking at the clock here like we we've been talking for like 25 minutes I think nobody wants to hear us saying I just don't even I just like I don't have I don't have anything positive to say about this movie this is like Moonfall is probably a worse movie than this but I had more fun watching Moonfall than I had watching this because that movie was bad shit like that Donald Sutherland needed to show up in the wheelchair in this movie I wish this film had a scene like that one from Moonfall I I was how I've been meaning I've been meaning to tell you I've not listened to it yet but you do there is a how did this get made episode out about Moonfall now hell yeah I I gotta listen we would probably enjoy so yeah, I, I look. I, all I'll say is that I laughed a lot in Moonfall at that movie. Um, I don't, I don't know, and nor do I think that 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 movie's in on the joke. But I laughed a lot at that movie. I wanted to laugh more during Moonfall. Yeah, you, you, but yes, it, was, I st- it became a hate watch for you for sure. I still like, I still agree with the premise of what you were saying. Ed, is that which is that Moonfall's a worse movie? But like, there is some sort of like fascination in what stupid thing that they are going to do next whereas here it was again it was just apathy it's the old it's the old age-old debate of like which is worse a movie that like is actively bad or a movie that you just don't care about and i think generally i tend to go in the second camp and this was definitely an example of a movie that it just didn't care about yeah that's the thing Uh, my contest my my sort of my contest content can i don't know that's not the right word what i contest about this movie is that it is both a movie I don't care about, but also a movie that is like really bad. And I think it just go, it all goes back to those really bad, you know, almost like bad habits, bad tendencies of like franchise filmmaking from Disney. I think I think this is like one of the worst examples of it outside of like the Disney live action remakes and stuff like that 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 we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, and, I would, and even I, most I, of the live action remakes have that that been have been more creative than this, in my opinion. Well, I, yeah, I would put this on Lion King level honestly but like that's like the bottom i mean that is the bottom of the barrel though line yeah There's oh yeah no live action remake worse than that in terms of like creatively creatively yes worse yeah than that. uh mulan is pretty bad too but yeah lion king is but for separate sure, reasons right? yes but mulan at least did its own thing you know? yeah, yeah 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 similarly boring though yeah i mean dumbo also terrible film but oh I mean, like, God, at least it tried about something. Dumbo. No, never <laughs> but mind. it tried Dumbo's something though i mean yeah they did try something but tim burton was on crack <laughs> <laughs> should have done it. He's trying to make another Batman movie. Dumbo is Batman. Yeah, I mean, at least he's a film. He's a real filmmaker. Who's the guy that made uh, Lightyear? I don't know. I don't Angus care. We probably won't hear from him again. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he co I mean, I, he didn't get credit, but he co-directed Finding Dory with Andrew Stanton. I think um, another movie that no one talks about. Like another. Uh, yeah, it's one of the few Pixar's I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, because I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of finding like relative to like the rest of the world who i mean finding nemo is a classic but relative like, to sean Finnessy, <laughs> that's up you're talking about i think but that's fine <laughs> all right should we just have the rest of the podcast just talk about the 2009 movie draft? the 2009 movie draft yeah, yeah. here's We're, why yeah cr used bots to win once again. man so, sean just lost it on that on that episode 
yeah if you don't <laughs> listen to the big picture highly recommend to go check out the latest movie draft it's certainly it's, it's better than this podcast that that it's episode at least is better than this episode of this podcast for sure yes absolutely uh, I, I I can't go on, Scott. What? Let's 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 wrap up. Unless you want to say anything else. Nah. <laughs> nah. All right. Uh, favorite scene or moment? Is that a weird question to ask about this film? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I feel like I, I wasn't like actively disliking it for like the first 20, 25 minutes. Like, right. I I don't. I'm trying to. You know, I I don't know exactly one scene or moment in the first in that in that section where i was like oh this is actually kind of decent but you know i guess i would just say in general the animation is very good like i hope to see it used for that you know used for good and not for evil in the future because the movie is a lot of fun to look at uh but that's about but not watch it's a lot of fun to look at but not the score was good the score was good too the score was uh was pretty good i don't know i don't even know who, who composed it but there were some some good moments of like it's a good nice epic space opera score. Scott, if you had to guess, who do you think who do you think did the score for for Lightyear? Michael Giacchino, my man. <laughs> All right, right on. Yeah, well, he did yeah. a good job as he usually does. Right on, brother. Um, yeah, Michael Giacchino did the score. But yeah, I mean, like, what do you expect? It's like a, it's a, it's sort of like a, a, a sort of like sci-fi thrillery spy movie from sure from uh from, from Disney. Pixar, yeah. yeah, and uh, Giacchino's dialed in. I mean, he did the score for Up, right? He didn't he? Speaking of other Pixar movies, he definitely did Incredibles one and two. I, I'm not sure if he did up, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you know real ones know Chris Evans sticking up for his man Michael Giacchino saying the Incredibles is the best Pixar movie. Um, yeah, you know, your mileage will vary, but I, I mean, I like the Incredibles. Scott's noted, noted, notedly not a fan. Yeah, of, I mean, he's uh, not alone in that take. Yeah, yeah, I, but Giacchino's done a ton. I mean, I think he did Ratatouille. He did Up. I think he might have done the Cars movies. Honestly, um, he did inside out. all about the soundtrack, as we know that. That's true. Yeah, he did inside out, which I know for a fact. So, yeah, he's done like my favorite ones. And now he's done one of my least favorite ones, because this is easily the worst Pixar movie since Good Dinosaur. Um, it's like not I even close. The Good Dinosaur. Yeah, that was 2018. No, that's sorry. There's 20, some kind of... Sorry, back up 2014, I think. <laughs> Yeah, it was earlier than that. There's some kind of joke to be made here about Jurassic World beating it, and then the good dinosaur. But I, I can't quite put the pieces together in my head yeah. of what the joke is. But yeah, um, yeah. let's workshop yeah, it. We'll any, figure it anyway. out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, honestly, I can't think of you know. I haven't seen the good dinosaur. I haven't seen like. Is Brave? Is that a Pixar movie? Yes. I haven't seen those. Like, I, I, this could very well be the worst one I've seen. Like. Incredibles 2, I didn't like all that. Cars is so good. bad, Scott. Cars yeah, is really, really bad. No, I don't think Cars is worse than this movie. Now, like, Cars 2 probably is, but I haven't seen Yeah, it, sorry, so. that's the one I'm talking To be clear, that's the one I'm, t- I'm talking about, Cars 2. Cars is fine. And like, Cars 3. Yeah, sure, sure, Cars has some very confusing things in its universe or whatever, but, like... Yeah, it, the first one was fine. I watched the original Cars movie again during the pandemic, for the, like, for the first time in forever, and I was like, this isn't as bad as people said it was. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, it's not as bad as I remembered it. But yeah, the good dinosaur, you know, I don't even think the animation was that good of the good dinosaur. That's the problem. All right, we're really off. We're way off our tangent <laughs> at this point. Uh, favorite scene or moment? Um, there was there was one there was one socks joke that that did make me laugh. I think I think it might have been like when he started like just randomly like his head spinning and like saying like making like a computing noise 
or whatever the, the first, first time they did the that, first time the, the time first time not that, yeah. yeah not the fifth time they did it <laughs> um the first time was funny after that they just why go back to that joke there's no reason to do that joke multiple times and yeah here we are um you know ironically that's hilarious actually peter peter's son voice of socks uh that we were just talking about directed the dinosaur <laughs> wow i had no idea <laughs> oh my god that's incredible unbelievable there you go i know he's voiced all, other pixar characters like i think he, he's a voice in ratatouille i know that but um that's wild <laughs> you know brad bird voices edna mode obviously so you know yeah i mean get that man out of the control room goodness gracious he's you know i'm talking trash over here and i think that he's like uh I think he's directing the next Pixar movie, the new one they already announced called Elemental. I think, remember that? I don't know if you remember that announcement. I think sure, he might yeah. be directing Pixar's next movie now that I'm thinking, oh well. Um, well, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, look, look I'm not hope. I mean, I want I want the movie to be good, to be clear. Sure. Um, but when I was watching this film, I was not happy, is all I'll say. All right, Scott, out of 10, what are you giving Lightyear? Yeah, that's the sound, of, it, that's the sound okay. of this movie crashing and landing right there <laughs> i gave it a two and a half stars like when i reviewed it but honestly i think it's a two star at least now i, I give it a four like i talked just, you down have, hard on this i'm so negative just, on this movie yeah i just don't really have any emotions about it whatsoever and the yeah. few that i do are negative so i mean that look the, the, like you said the animation is good the score is good chris evans is good as Buzz Lightyear, especially if you're asking someone to come in who's not Tim Allen to do the role, and you yeah. know, voice an icon like a character who is, yeah, one of the one really of the most iconic job. characters in pop culture. Um, he's good. So like, there are some redeeming qualities of it, but this film sucks. Three point five. That will do it for our discussion of Lightyear. We'll take a short break. When we return, we've got some other just really cheerful news to talk about. Um, sequels to other movies that were soul sucking. Uh, that we love dearly uh joker 2 that is of course what we're talking about as well as uh something that's a little uh, you know less ironic um is a little bit better than that is that julia garner uh has been in, offered a role in a potentially interesting project we'll be right back Welcome back for part two of today's episode of Some Like It, Scott. As mentioned before the break, uh, we have we have some really thematic news to talk about. I think it's fair to say Joker two, uh, a title. I don't know if this was this was this was like my, maybe a few weeks ago when like Todd Phillips like and like shared on his Instagram like Joaquin Phoenix like chain smoking in some like apartment and reading the script for Joker two, and then. Uh, the title is like folia do or something like that. Some French word for like two people. Yeah, folia do. It's yeah. also the name of the greatest Fallout Boy album, but that's another matter. What if there's Fallout Boy music in the film, Scott? What if that's the soundtrack hey, of the film? That is on. That is on the table because Lady Gaga um, is rumored to be involved with this film. Which, and this is this is the part that makes I don't know. It makes me just confused slash wanting to die. 
um, even more, which is the fact that it's a musical. The film is going to be a musical. Look, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm like looking forward to the movie in any way, shape or form. However, um, I don't think I'm dreading it as much now just because it is an interesting decision, right, to take the the movie in. I mean, there was nothing interesting about the first Joker to me. And um, they could have very easily rested on their laurels and made, you know, another similar style movie. Uh, right, you think that's but... what they're going to do, though? Sorry. I don't I don't know. Uh, I mean, Scorsese hasn't made a musical to my knowledge. So uh, I, you know, don't think they could rip off Scorsese here like they did with the first Joker. But um, ultimately, it's still Todd Phillips. It's actually directing. just a star yeah. is born with Harley Quinn as as Allie this time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Todd Phillips directing does not give me any any, you know, reassurances, honestly, yeah. uh, because I think his his direction was a large issue with um with the, with why joker was such a failure uh, although of course it it was better than greta gerwig's direction of little women as we all know just i need, just need to point that out that it was superior in every way of course you, you didn't need to point that out because everyone knows it just yeah i mean we can yeah, move of on. course yeah but um but yeah i mean it, it does it, i guess it slightly makes it interesting to some degree i mean lady gaga possibly playing harley quinn right um yeah you know i personally think we have a fantastic harley quinn like right we now we have two of them with marco robbie true true we have kaylee, with kaylee coco also on the tv series but um yeah i mean i guess you know if you're gonna do take it in the musical direction it makes sense to go out and get lady gaga what accent maybe she can is she gonna do scott yeah that is the real question right uh, i think she'll do like a brooklyn you know <laughs> will her brooklyn sound russian <laughs> who knows who knows uh it's it's a it's a toss-up at this point but yeah i mean it's it's interesting i i was definitely like holy crap when i read this i mean story. yeah it's pretty shocking to be honest but at the end of the day it's still joker too so yeah that's the thing i think you, jokes aside and um you know cynicism aside on my part i do think that like attaching lady gaga and calling it a musical is like like there's very few out there moves that you could have done to make this more to make this project at least a little bit interesting to me. I guess that was like probably in the in the realm of something that you could have done to make this more interesting. I'm intrigued. I I don't know if I believe Todd Phillips can write and direct a musical. I think that ultimately is what it comes down to is he's still writing and directing the film and if he couldn't write and direct a like you know a, a narrative non-musical film and he has no experience writing musicals why would we think that he can write and direct a musical i i think it could be like awful i mean i think it, it could, yeah, I it could, could yeah i don't know that's that's the other thing i guess that we're not saying right as as interesting as a choice as it may be uh like it has it also has the high potential given who's involved to, to be, be like an all-time notorious train wreck like of a movie like batman and robin batman and robin level disaster but not as good of a movie as Batman and Robin. It's like it's like one of those things where if you t if you told me that like I don't know I don't know musical writers enough like people who write musical like film musicals but like insert person who has experience writing musicals is actually like gets gets a co writing credit with Phillips or whatever on this film. Like okay maybe I'm 
it's more believable. And and maybe and maybe there is someone who's like working with him in it. But like r- right now, my impression is that he is still the writer of the sequel. And I, I just maybe I mean, maybe Lady Gaga is going to get a co-writing credit. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, I just don't, I don't have faith in that though. I just don't have faith in that being good. I hope Diane Warren writes all of the songs and this, this whole movie is just, a, a yeah. setup to get Diane Warren an Oscar finally. Diane Warren. Unbelievable. How many times would be ho- now? I don't 14? know, 12 or something would be hilarious yeah. to, to see a Joker two musical where the, all of the songs are like that inspirational style <laughs> Diane Warren song, like full psychosis. Um, it, it would that movie would be something yeah wow okay yeah i'm just reading here philip serving as a director with a script he co-wrote with with silver so it's literally the exact same combo yeah. as the first movie because i think he and scott silver wrote the first movie together too so it's the exact same combo who knows if someone will like write the write the music for it separately from them willem dafoe apparently wants his voiced interest in being in this film who would he play Who's he going to play? Is he going to sing? I, I don't really care. Like, Will, Willem Dafoe generally makes anything he's in better. So, he's going like, to play Two Face? I could see it. I could see him. I mean, I could as, see it. Uh, Is this really how you want Willem Dafoe to be in a Batman movie? I though? mean, they're going to do every single, you know, villain in Arkham. Sh- shoehorn. Yeah. Shoehorn. They're in Arkham, like, right? Like, that's the whole shit. Yeah. Batman reference that they, that yeah. they can do. There will probably be a post-credit scene in which Robert Pattinson appears. I'll, I'll, oh God, Scott, I will. Don't even say that. Please don't say that. Paul Dano, or not Paul Dano, uh, Barry Keegan is actually going to be in this movie as like the understudy, and we're going to get the origin story of how he became the Joker. Oh my God! To set up, to set us up for the Batman too. I I'm speechless, Scott. You've killed me. You've you've. <laughs> Can we move me. on to my you've story me tonight? I, honestly, all this talk about about Batman related projects, um, not the exact same, but has just made me think of Ezra Miller. And wow, what a disaster that is right now. I mean, like yeah. real. Issue. We don't even need to go down that. We, road. I don't even think like, we can legally touch that. Honestly, I think we might get in trouble. Um, something about libel or something like that. But it seems like he's in he's in some trouble right now with the law. Safe, safe to say. Safe yeah, to say. Scott, you want to talk about something that's a little bit more uplifting about uh, Julia Garner? Yeah, uh, so Julia Garner, an actress that I'm an a actress. fan of, mainly from her role in The Assistant a couple of years ago. But of course, people know her at Ozark, Ozark most yeah. prominently, um, where she's been Emmy nominated. Um, didn't she? But, did she not, know, didn't that, she win? Did she not win one? She might have. Uh, I, I don't know. But mm, that yeah, show has really. come to an end now, and uh, she is, you know, obviously looking for more film projects. Um, and one of those pro- such projects is the Madonna biopic uh, that Madonna herself is directing. Um, and Julia Garner has been offered the role. We we heard some things about the casting process and that there were a number of actresses auditioning. I heard uh, Alexa Demi was another one who was like in the the running. Uh, a I different think was very from Julia Garner. Close. Yeah, very close. Um, also, some musicians like Sky Ferreira, for example, who has sure. done a little bit of acting, but is mainly a musician. She was, um, you know, in the running, but Julia Garner has been offered the role. We don't know whether she has accepted it or not, but you would certainly expect that she would. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a Madonna biopic directed by Madonna, which not really doesn't really give me a lot of, you know, 
excitement there. Generally, you look at movies like Rocket Man or like King Richard, right, where somebody, uh, the, the Queen, person at, Rock, at the center. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, the per well, yeah, the person at the center of the movie, right, is involved with the making of the movie. Um, yeah, it never really turns out to be an interesting movie of any sort. The one caveat I will say with the Madonna biopic is that Diablo Cody is on he's the screen, is it. doing the yeah. screenplay for this. Um, who's one of my favorite screenwriters, of course, won her won an Oscar for Juno, which was sort of her breakthrough um, movie. But you know, wrote Tully and Young Adult and Ricky and the Flash, and most recently wrote the musical um jagged little pill and won a tony for um for that musical so um you know she she's really she's branched out and she's shown her um abilities in music related you know content uh, obviously ricky and the flash was you know music-based film as well but and they should have diablo cody on joker too yeah. yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I would have been more interested. But yeah, that 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 gives me a little bit of hope, right, that maybe this isn't going to be a standard issue biopic. Um, but at the end of the day, Madonna's behind the camera. And so this movie is going to be whatever Madonna wants it to be. And um, it just depends on how much Madonna is willing yeah. to, you know, plumb her own life, I guess. for Because, because you know, my, my feeling out of after Rocket Man, for example, was like, there are some musicians and some celebrities and famous people that do not they I'm sorry, but their life story just does not warrant a biopic. Like Elton John is a great artist. I love his music. I don't think there's anything like groundbreaking really in his story. And I think that rocket man revealed that it was a very standard musical biopic. Um, Madonna from what I little, I do know about her, um, you know, backstory, maybe a, a slightly different situation. I, I think there probably is something there worth putting in a film. Um, and, you know, with Diablo Cody again on the screenplay, maybe she can mine something interesting out of that. And Julia Garner, you know, I think she's a good, uh, good casting. I, I imagine that she's going to be doing her, her own singing for this. Uh, I'm sure that that was part of the audition process. Um, I mean, no way it's not right. Like, that'd be, yeah. it seems like kind of crazy to not. Well, you can win an Oscar for not singing. So, uh, you know, who knows? But I certainly hope that she is going to. And I'm glad to see her getting a role in a high profile pro project. I thought she should have gotten an Oscar nomination for the assistant. And she's certainly going to be very well positioned to get an Oscar nomination uh, whenever Madonna comes out. The Madonna biopic comes out if she ends up accepting the role. She has won two Emmys for Ozark. Okay, so she has cool. been amongst the awards, at least with the Television Academy. The only other thing that I have to say about this is that, yeah, I just think that doesn't sound creatively very interesting. I mean, I maybe, again, people don't go to see these movies for something that's creatively interesting. Um, they go to see it for the music, for, um, you know, to Vibes. see people. Yeah, I, got, I mean, honestly, yeah, I do think that's why people go and see these these types of movies. And, you know, that's maybe not what we're looking for. Um, which you know maybe there's a bit of a normally I am looking for vibes, but in the case of a musical biopic, not always. Yeah, I mean, look, you could just go, you could just go listen to the music. You know, you don't have to. Right, exactly. You don't have to go watch a movie. Um, but that's it. Uh, I don't really have any, too much else to add, unless you want to throw any other stingers in at the end. Uh, no, I can't, can't, can't say that I, I do. Yeah, are you excited for Sydney Sweeney to be part of something bigger than than life itself? um in madam web 
yeah, that was one of the funnier quotes that I can remember seeing in a while. Um, I did, I, did, did an actual spit take when I saw that. I was like, what are you talking about? Bigger than life itself. Uh, I'm assuming that she's referring to the film Life Itself, right? The Made by the guy Maybe. who was the uh, showrunner of This Is Us uh, a few years back. I, I, yeah. I can only assume that, that that's what she meant when she said Madam Web is going to be bigger than the, uh, than life itself. In which case, I do agree. I do think that Madam Web will be watched by more people than that film was. Yeah, life itself. The, the, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name right now. Dan it's something. A, yeah, it's Dan Dan, Dan Fogelman. Dan Fogelman. Is that who it yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Fogelman. Um, you know, sometimes you just gotta stick to your lane in TV shows. That's just how that's how that's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes you gotta stick to your lane, which is making comedies at Adam McKay, at uh Todd Phillips, at Jay Roach. Just saying. All right. Uh tweet. Tweet them, I guess. I don't think that's their Twitter handles, but maybe we can uh, get their podcast in front of their ears. I'm sure some of those people will love some of the segments we had on this podcast on today's episode. But that should do it for episode 194 of Some Like It, Scott. Uh, anything else you'd like to live us with after that? I mean, you're on a roll. Keep um, going. On on the good side of things, Cha Cha oh. Real Smooth is now out yeah. on Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. Go check it out. It's I watched it again the other night. It is still one of my favorite movies of the year for sure. It's as great as it was when we talked about it at Sundance earlier this year. Yeah. Go watch this movie. I think it's a movie that like everyone can enjoy. Like, I, I really do believe that it's a, it's a real crowd pleaser of a movie. And I've, yeah, you I've, said uh, that, that. I saw you saying that on Twitter the other day. I'm kind of I don't know if it's a movie that everyone can enjoy, but I hope <laughs> that people can enjoy it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I do in the movie being wide release now, like I do see some contrarian takes mainly from like film Twitter um, who like tend to be allergic to anything with like a lot of sincerity or earnestness sure. in it. Um, yeah, but I think probably our listener base, I think most people in our small listener base who listen to this sure. podcast or who follow me on social media, for example. Are gonna enjoy it. I well, already one person has texted me after watching it and saying they loved it. So well, we'll get them on the pod. Hundred percent hit rate. So far. they're welcome on the pod now. I'll report back. They have hey. been on the pod before. So. Oh hell yeah! Not gonna out them. Out You're not gonna out them about who they are. Shout out Danny. Yeah, there you go, Danny. Danny, we'd love you to come back and anytime you want to watch a horror movie. Uh, or Cha Cha Real Smooth. I don't care. True. Um, yeah, but that should do it. I mentioned it already, Scott. Where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at Scarby Dent. And I can be on it at Shelton2013 over there on Twitter, Letterbox Serialized. Don't forget to also check out our podcast Patreon at www.patreon.com slash mediaplugpods. If you support us over there, we'd appreciate that. But if not, that's okay. You can still find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Where we'd love it if you rated, reviewed, subscribed, shared, etc. so that we can continue to reach a broader audience. And we really appreciate all of you for taking time to listen to us chat about Lightyear, I guess. Uh, we'll be back next week with a review of Joseph Kosinski and Miles Teller's other new movie of the summer. That is the Netflix sci-fi film Spiderhead, also with Chris Hemsworth. We hope you'll be able to join us then. But until that, for Scott Harvey, I'm Scott Shelton. See you next time.